Welcome to the Laura Mayer Podcast. I'm so glad you've joined me today. Like, I'm glad every single time. I realize I say that every week on this podcast, but it's true. I'm glad you've joined me. I know that you have a bazillion things going on in your life, and to carve out some time in your day to listen to this podcast, um, really to, to carve out time in your day to feed your spirit, to feed your soul, and to let me be a part of that. I consider it to be a huge honor. So I am glad that you joined me today. And I wrestled with saying this next part because I'm working on not apologizing for things um, and learning to give myself grace because you guys, I have to practice what I preach. And so that is an area that I have really struggled in and I have to stay on top of it about not over apologizing. But at the same time, I wanted to keep you in on the loop. So if you noticed, I did not drop a podcast episode last week. I just didn't have time. Um, And that's happened one other time since I've announced this podcast. So there's been two separate weeks that I didn't get a podcast episode um, launched or, or dropped or published or whatever you want to call it. And it's literally because I'm still trying to figure out how to juggle it all. Um, and I know the Lord's helping me and he's showing me some different ways to organize my time. And that also includes letting some things go because none of us are Superman or Superwoman and we can't do it all. But um, I've just been asking the Lord to show me what are the God things right now in my life and not just all the good things. So anyway, um, apart from being a mom and um, some other things that some other doors that the Lord's opened for me, some ministry things. So my plate's full, like all of yours. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know, but I did want to apologize for not uh, communicating of why I didn't have an episode. So anyway, working out the kinks still on that and It really is important to my heart to get an episode to you each week. I've played with the idea of making this a bi-weekly podcast, but um, I really just feel like I I want to keep it as a weekly one. And even if that means I'm up recording at midnight, so be it. So let's go ahead and jump into this week's topic. I tried to get away from this topic because there were some other things that I wanted to talk about, but... um, I don't view this as my podcast. This is God's podcast. And he kept bringing me back to this topic. And then strangely enough, this topic came up this week um, when I was talking with some friends. And so it was just kind of some confirmation of, see, Laura, I've given you some stuff to say about this and stuff that that other people need to hear. So we are going to dive in to discussing hearing the voice of God for your life. Like literally everyday decisions, how to hear God's leading on things. And depending on what your background is, this may be such a normal concept for you. Maybe that this um, you were raised knowing that God speaks to his children still today. This was not just speaking to his kids. is not just something he reserved for Bible days and the moment that last word was written of the Bible, he said, oh, nope, not talking to my kids anymore. Um, maybe you're familiar with that and you were raised to, to hear his voice and to be sensitive to, to his leading and what that felt like, what that sounded like. It's not an audible voice. 
Um, I think that's confusing when maybe we say hear from God, we immediately go to our sense realm, which we ear, we hear with our ears. So we assume that that's how God speaks through the ears. And that's not true um, all the time. Maybe, you know, there are still times I'm sure that he does that comes as an audible voice. So we see that in the word of God. You may be listening to this and this is just such a foreign concept to you. Maybe um, you've never been taught that God still speaks today and that he wants to speak to you. And so you maybe just feel like your life is um, one that you have to sit in the back seat and whatever happens, happens. It must be the will of God. It must be what he wanted. Maybe he's trying to tell you something and that's why that thing happened. Maybe God was trying to send a message and like the Lord's still using carrier pigeons or something like that. Um, Not that he can't do that, but we have a better way now. Now that we are New Testament Christians, Jesus has come. Jesus has made a way for our spirits to be reborn um, through accepting him as our Savior, making him our Lord, and, and asking him to, to rebirth our, our spirits. That now he can speak directly to your spirit. He doesn't have to send a carrier pigeon. Um, I'm grateful for those carrier pigeons in life where the Lord does send messages through external circumstances, but I have found in my own life that he has used those when my own ears were so closed off to him. I'm so grateful that he loves us with that never giving up, unfailing, never stopping, leaving the 99 for the one kind of love. And so he'll use whatever means he can to get his message to his kids. But those of you out there listening that have children of your own, don't you know it's so much better when you can talk to your own child face to face? And if they're listening to you, they can hear it straight from your mouth um, instead of you, you know, using an outside source to get a message to them. So this was, I, I felt like this was a very important thing for us to cover today. So that's what we're going to do. Talk about hearing the voice of God. So I want to start off with the scripture in Romans eight fourteen, And it says, for those who are led by the spirit of God, are the children of God. Another way to say that is reverse the order of it and say that when you're one of the children of God, that you will be led by the Spirit of God. But going back to the example of if you have children or maybe you're a teacher or you work around children, that you you want them to easily hear your words. You don't make it hard for them to hear from you. Or let's say you have children um, I, I know it's your heart that you want to communicate to all of your children. You don't pick and choose. You don't pick a favorite child that you speak to and the other ones you don't. That's not how this works. You, it's in your heart because you love your children. Communication is important to you. Well, it's also important to God. And it's crucial to not only believe that God does still speak, although that's important and you need to go ahead and get that solidified in your mind, that God still does speak. Why would he go silent? Why would he go silent with his kids when the scriptures, especially the New Testament, are full of verses for our for us as New Testament believers that he speaks to us and he leads us? There's so many scriptures about being led of God. And there's different ways that he leads. So it's crucial to know and believe that he still speaks to his kids, but that he wants to speak to all of his kids. And this is not just reserved for whoever in your life that you look up to as being super spiritual or like the spiritual elite. 
God speaks to all his kids, and that includes you. Again, there's so many scriptures about being led of God. So why do we feel that this is such a rare occurrence? And, and maybe you don't, but but maybe if you're listening today, maybe you feel that this is a rare occurrence for God to speak to people, or maybe maybe just speak to you. Maybe you believe he speaks to everybody else, but for some reason, that's just not for you. That's for other people. And it's funny how when we make assumptions in our own heads about what happens for other people or only for certain people, we never include ourselves in that certain people group. We always disqualify ourselves for some reason. And why is it that even we shy away? I've even heard people say, and I've even heard my own self say, uh, kind of like I'm walking timidly when I say, well, I feel like the Lord led me to do this, or I feel like he's speaking to me about this, but I word it in a way that, like, maybe that's God, maybe that's not, like, shine away. And I don't do that as much anymore. But I think when I was first learning to hear his voice, the enemy tried to make me feel like I was being arrogant by saying that the Lord led me to do something. And, you know, anytime the enemy tries to, to lie to you in an area, it's because he's trying to keep something from you. God's not telling you that it's arrogant to say that you've heard from him. Why would he go to such great lengths to speak to you and to lead you and to put so much in his word about how his desire is to lead you in all things? If he didn't want you to confidently say, the Lord spoke to me, and this I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, this is what he told me to do. But I think we don't want to come off as being arrogant and prideful and all of that. So then we, we just talk ourselves out of it. And it's, it's really, we're doing a disservice to other people too. Other people who need to know that God speaks to them, wants to speak to them. And also, why do we just assume that when we do hear something in our hearts that we believe is the Lord leading us, why is it so many times that we brush it off and say, oh, that's probably just me. There's, you know, that's not God. That's probably just me. And we discount and silence his voice by just brushing him off when he is trying to lead our lives. I have found in my life that truth is what combats lies. I could give you 10 tools to use to hear the voice of God better or do these three steps and you'll be hearing God by noon, like crazy stuff. But none of that's going to work because this is not about rote and religious order and legalism. Your relationship with God is just that relationship. And so it's not about giving you a list of how to's. It's about giving you truth and letting the truth of the word of God grow in your heart and the truth dispels lies. You know, it makes me think of my mom always gave this example growing up and I've I've heard her use it again recently that if your job was to study, let's say you worked for the U.S. Treasury Department and your job was to study counterfeit money or or to be the one to, to, you know, track down counterfeit money, they probably would not put you in a room with all the counterfeit money they have found and get you to study counterfeit all day long because, you know, there's an unlimited uh, list, I guess, of different types of counterfeit money. It would depend on the person doing the counterfeiting, how good they were at the counterfeiting of, you know, what it would look like. Instead, they would have you study the real thing. They would have you study the marks and the texture and all the different images and things on what the real thing looks like, felt like, smelled like, everything. 
so that when counterfeit came by, it was easy to spot. That's how it is with the Word of God. When you meditate on truth, and instead of trying to focus on all the lies and dispelling all the lies, and you're spending all your time talking about what not to do, or reading about what not to do, instead, read what to do, read what to believe, focus and meditate on truth, to where any new form of counterfeit that the devil tries to grow and, and, and put in your pathway, your spirit man immediately recognizes it as not being truth. That's a much better use of our time. So I'm just going to give you truth to combat lies. And I want to say here that I believe the devil himself has worked overtime to keep God's kids from knowing that this is available to them. It is in Satan's best interest to convince you. Yes, you, the person listening to me right now. It's in his best interest to convince you that you cannot hear from God. Very much like in a wartime when, let's say, you know, we're in the middle of, of a war or, you know, one of the older wars, World War II, whatever it was, um, where enemy forces would try to cut down the phone lines or maybe they try to jam the communication signals because if they can keep the enemies, their enemies, if the bad guys can keep the good guys, or even if the good guys can keep the bad guys, if you can keep the other side from being able to communicate with each other, it's easier for you to win the battle. It's easier for you to come up with a sneak attack and them not know where it came from because they missed the signal from headquarters saying that it was coming or missed the signal from headquarters to let them know where their supplies were or what they should do next. All of the things that be sh- could or should be and could be communicated. So we're in a war. And the enemy himself, the devil himself, it has been a strategic attack against the body of Christ to convince believers, to convince God's kids that hearing from God is for other people. Because then Satan's got you out in the war zone not being able to hear from headquarters. So after this podcast today, and I believe I'm going to have some more words to say on it. I believe we're going to stay on this topic for next week. Um, I feel like I'm supposed to kind of come at it from another angle uh, next week just to bring some more truth. But I believe after this podcast that you are going to come away with a new awareness and understanding of how to hear from God. So not going to give you tools, going to give you some truth. First truth I want to give you is that God still leads. I've already kind of touched on it. But John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 is talking about how Jesus is our shepherd and we are like his sheep. And the sheep know their shepherd's voice. And it goes on to say that they will never follow the voice of a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. That goes back to my example, or really my mom's example, of studying counterfeit money. That because when you spend time with the shepherd, you start, I guess, developing, in a sense, developing an ear for what his voice sounds like. And so when a stranger, when the enemy tries to come and whisper something that's not the leading of the Lord, your, your spirit recognizes it. Or let's say you just hear something. You hear something in a conversation or on TV or, or a book you read or maybe someone else's opinion on something. and It just doesn't set right. And you might not exactly know why. You may not could point to the exact spot where the lie is. 
But you sense that that's not the voice of truth. That's not the voice of your shepherd. So that's in John 10, uh, ch- uh, verse 3 through 5. And then in John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, it's talking about the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears. So the Spirit of God only speaks what He hears. And He hears from God the Father. So Holy Spirit hears from God the Father to speak to your spirit. And it says he will tell you what is yet to come. How can the Holy Spirit tell you what is yet to come? What's in the future? Well, it's because he's already in the future. He's in the past. He's in the present. He's in the future. He knows what's coming because he's already there. And he wants to speak to you. It's, it's, it's plain. It's in Scripture. John sixteen thirteen says that the Spirit will guide you in all truth. So if he's guiding you, that hit me strong one day when I realized there's another translation that says that the spirit will guide you in all things. And I got to realizing that if he will guide me in all things, it must mean he's speaking to me in all things, even the little things, even what I would deem little. He wants to speak to me. He wants to lead me. You know, one of the names of Holy Spirit, the original word for Holy Spirit is parakletos. And that word means our counselor, our comforter, our advocate, our helper. So we have the helper on the inside of us. And he has come to lead us and help us and counsel us in all things. Romans 8.14 is what I opened up with. And it says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are children of God. God is still leading today. So how does God lead? Truth number two. So truth number one was God still leads, if you're taking notes. Truth number two is, well, how does God lead? Well, there's three different ways that I have seen in Scripture how God leads us. The number one way that God leads us is through His written Word, through the Holy Bible. And this is why it's so important that you read the Word on a regular basis. I love reading the Word every single day. Even if it's just two or three verses, even if it's something that comes up on, you know, let's say a Bible app or a devotional or something like that, get it in your heart. It's just like studying the real thing in that counterfeit department. Study the real thing. Spend time reading his word. And then you will start becoming attuned to how God speaks and what is truth so that when something that's opposite of that comes up, you can recognize it. But he will lead you in his word. Psalms 119 verse 105 says that his word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So when you're walking in this world or you're walking in a direction that you feel like you're encompassed with darkness and you need to know where to step, it's dark. You don't know where the path is. His word will shine light in an area. I love the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters, and most of our months have 31 days. Reading a Proverbs a day, you will grow in wisdom. I love the book of Proverbs, but all of the word is for edification. All of the word is for bringing life and truth. And so as you're meditating on the word of God, the Lord will start showing you things, and you'll start seeing areas of truth. God never leads you in a way that's contrary to his word. He's not confused. 
He doesn't say one thing one day and another thing another day. He will always speak to you consistent with his word. Um, Jesus himself even said that when you see me, you've seen the Father. So the triune being of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. If God the Holy Spirit is leading you, he's only speaking what he has heard the Father say. And Jesus was saying to his disciples and the people that were listening that day, if you see me do it, you see the heart of the Father. So a really simple example of this is the Holy Spirit would never lead you to cheat on your taxes because stealing is against the word of God. The Holy Spirit uh, will never lead you to speak or act in a way that is unloving. Now, that's not the same as not being firm and strong. If you followed my ministry for any time at all, you know that that is the case. God never calls us to be a doormat, but you always can speak it with love in your heart towards the other person that you want the best for them. So even in moments of tough love, you're doing it out of love for them. Um, So God's never going to ask you or lead you to do something that's unloving. He's not going to ask you to do anything that's apart from his character And his character is found in the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So he leads with his words, and he's never going to lead you to do something that's contrary to his word. The second way that God leads you is through an inward witness. I like to say that it's like when there's a situation that comes up, and I spend some time in prayer about it, spend some time praying in the Spirit about it, that there's just a settling in my spirit where it seems right. I sense that this is the way to go. And as you cultivate that awareness of listening inward first, instead of always listening from your mental realm, you will start to really hone in um, a sensitivity to checking your spirit and checking to see if something sets right or that senses right. Proverbs 20 verse 27 says, The spirit of man is the candle or lamp of the Lord, and that God enlightens us and guides us through our spirit. So sometimes it's not words. Sometimes it's just a knowing on the inside that something is a certain way or not a certain way or make a decision. And I don't move forward until I have a settling in my spirit. Now that doesn't mean That maybe my brain is not saying, oh, this is not a good idea, or I still got so many questions, or or, I'm just not sure. That's not the same. Because remember, we are a three-part being. We are a spirit. That's the part of you that God speaks to, because he is spirit, and he leads your spirit. So we are a spirit. We have a soul, which is our mind, our will, and our emotions, and then we live in a body. There are times that the Lord has led me to do something in my spirit that maybe I didn't have every single answer on yet in my mind, or maybe my emotions were telling me the exact opposite. Forgiveness is a great example of this. There's been some very specific areas that the Lord has called me to walk in forgiveness about that my emotions would say, run the other way. But because I knew I was being led of the Lord, because he always leads us to forgive, that's in line with his word. But the way he was leading me to handle this particular relationship, I knew I was hearing from him on it. So learning to listen for that inward witness and that inward peace from God in your decision making. Um, And then, so then the third way that we see in the scriptures where God leads us. So the first one was through his written word. The second one was through just that inward witness and knowing in your spirit. 
And then the third way is direct communication with your spirit where he is speaking to you. You know, the word of God is broken up into two different types of uh, of word. And so like um, in the New Testament, they talk about the written word of God, and that's the logos word in the Greek. And that's those are the words that are actually written down in black and white on paper or parchment or your internet screen or wherever it is that you're reading it, the logos word of God. But then there's a Greek word called rhema, and that's the revealed word. Word of God. And it's because the Word of God is alive and active. Have you ever been reading your Bible and a verse just jumped out at you and you saw it in a way you'd never seen it before and it spoke truth and it went straight to the heart of an issue that, that you had going on in your life? That was a rhema word from God. That was God speak His Spirit, Spirit of God, speaking to your spirit. You just heard from God in that moment. So sometimes it comes like that, like it's jumping off the page directly into your spirit. But then other times having um, him speak to your heart. There's times that I have felt like I have heard words in my heart. Or sometimes what maybe I would just interpret as a heart thought instead of a head thought, but a heart thought and learning to not just dismiss those. John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5 that we've already discussed talks about being his sheep and about hearing his voice and not listening to the voice of a stranger. So these will be times that God is actually speaking rhema word to your heart. When you've been praying over a matter, when you've been meditating on scriptures about what to do, and then just kind of rising up within your heart is an answer that you're needing Sometimes it comes up like that. Sometimes in my life, it has been um, me not really even in a moment of prayer or study or anything, but just, you know, walking through my day, trying to stay connected with my spirit. And the Lord will prompt my heart about something and I'll have a thought and I know I need to follow through. Sometimes it's a, hey, you need to reach out and talk to this person, call somebody. They're on your heart, you know, that he's putting it on my heart and I need to reach out. And sure enough, I'll reach out and and uh, they were needing uh, an encouragement that day, needing something going on. There's been times that um, it's been for very unspiritual reasons. I remember a time that as I was first learning to hear his voice, that um, I had been I'd been practicing. Not that you have to practice to hear. Um, you have to practice shutting down your own, uh, I guess, your own thoughts and I guess it's a, it may be easier to explain it this way. Just like when a baby is first born, they say that that baby knows the voice of its mom and its dad. Because even while in the womb, the baby could hear his parents' voice. And so that when a baby is born, if mom and dad start talking, a baby will turn and look or divert its eyes to hearing where that voice comes from because he's heard that voice before. When you were born again, the voice of your spirit knew instantly the voice of God. I think we talk ourselves out of it. And we've got so many other voices running in our head, so many other opinions. We spend so much time investing, listening to opinions and news and and all the other stuff that we drown out God's voice. So it's not, if you've ever heard somebody explain hearing God as something that you had to strive really hard to ever get to that point of being able to hear from him, that's not true. It's not that you're trying to get God to speak louder. 
And it's not that you're even trying to know what he sounds like. It almost is more you learning to tune out everything else that would try to clutter up, you know, your ability to hear. But I re- there's been many times that he has prompted my heart to stop at a certain store, um, to stop at a certain place. And sure enough, when I got there, maybe it was the very thing that I had been looking for and been hunting for. And the Holy Spirit was just helping my life out. And because, um, you know, I've given him my life. And in exchange for that, I've said, my life is completely yours. So then you take over. I look to you as being my provider of everything. And so sometimes that's even, um, you know, little things. I remember the blinds that I have in my living room right now. The Lord told me to stop by our local Goodwill that day. I was driving down the road and I felt prompted to pull in. And he had prompted me to stop at our local Goodwill many times before that. And each time it's because there was someone in there that I needed to minister to, a friend I hadn't seen in a long time maybe. And there were many times I'd be standing in the corner at Goodwill praying with somebody and ministering to them. So I just assumed it was another ministry assignment. But there were some specific blinds that I had found in a magazine that I wanted for my living room, and it was out of our budget. And so I remember just saying, you know, well, you know, I just kind of gave up on it. Like, well, never mind. I guess I'll just do that at another time. And I stopped by Goodwill, and I wandered around, and I never found the person I assumed I was stopping there to minister to. And I went around back. And there were five blinds, the exact ones that I wanted, the exact size of the windows in my living room. And they were on the color dot sale that day. So they were only, it was either $2.99 a piece or $3.99 a piece. And so that's just a small example of being led of God, of being led by the promptings in your heart. There was another time that I was pulling out of my driveway and my heart, in my heart, I had been sensing that I needed to slow down and that I was forgetting something or missing something, but I was in such a hurry and I I ignored it. I overrode his voice. And so I was getting in the van and I was flying out of our driveway, backing up. And right before I got to the end of the driveway, the voice of my spirit yelled, stop. So I hit the brake. And as soon as I did, a car came flying by that I would have backed out into the road, and they would have T-boned me in my driver's side. Neither of us were driving slow. I was busy and focused on being late and that I needed to hurry up and get somewhere, and I'm sure they were doing the same thing. So I had no way in the natural of knowing that that car was going to be flying past at that exact moment because I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't looking in my mirror. I wasn't doing what I was supposed to be doing, but God in His mercy, He's always speaking and always leading, and He yelled, Stop, and I hit the brake just before going out into the road where I would have been hit. So I remember when I first started learning to hear the voice of God, really, really another way of saying that was learning to turn the dial to his frequency. Just like radios and cars used to, you had to turn a knob to get to the exact frequency a certain radio station you wanted to listen to, that radio station was always broadcasting on that frequency. But if your dial was turned to another channel, you were going to hear from the channel that you were dialed to. So the Lord is always speaking. And that's what I, when I started learning what I'm teaching you today, God is always speaking, but he is speaking on a certain frequency. And it's imperative that you learn to turn your dial 
to the frequency that he is always speaking and leading on. And so I want to share with you three more truths of how to tune that dial. So the first one is, the first thing you have to do is believe that you can hear from God and speak scriptures about hearing from him. You've got to believe it for yourself. Faith comes by hearing the word of God and by hearing the word of God on the subject that you're needing your faith to grow on. And so I would encourage you, some of these scriptures, and I'll put them in the show notes, I'll just list out the scriptures that I've referenced today. But one of my favorite ones is the John 10, chapter, uh, yeah, John chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. And I, I make it my own by saying, Lord, I know I'm your sheep and I know that you're my shepherd and I do hear your voice. And I'm not going to say anything contrary to that. I hear your voice. I'm going to get my mouth in agreement with what your word says. I'm going to agree with you that I hear your voice and that I don't hear the voice of a stranger. I'm not going to follow the voice of a stranger because I recognize your voice. And so what that does is that grows my faith to be able to hear God's voice instead of me constantly saying, well, I just never hear from God and I don't know why everybody else does. And I guess that's just not for me. You're going to believe what you hear yourself say. You're going to activate either your faith or your fear with the words that come out of your mouth. So activate your faith with getting God's words out of your mouth concerning your ability to hear from Him. And then speak those scriptures out that will help you dial to the frequency. Start believing. Yeah, I hear from God because I'm His kid. And the Bible says that the spirit of truth is, or the spirit of God is leading me in all truth. So if he's leading me in everything, that must mean he's talking in all things. So I'm going to start listening for his voice. The second truth to help dial to his frequency is living a life surrendered. Proverbs chapter three, verse five through six says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart and lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him. And he will direct your path. You cannot be living your life the way you want to live your life all the time and expect to be able to hear from God. To just dial him up when you're in a pickle, when you're in a tough spot, but you've been doing everything else your way. And that you just get frustrated about a situation and you say, well, God, you're not moving fast enough, so I'm just going to do it my own way. He knows more than you know. And maybe he hasn't brought you to the next step yet because you're not ready for the next step. Or the other players involved in the scenario aren't ready for the next step. It's so much better to live a life surrendered and say, God, not my will, but your will. And you know his will because it's in his word. And his word is good. So living a life surrendered. I remember when I first started learning to tune my spirit to his frequency. I'd come to a place in my life where I just said, okay, God, I'm ready to completely sell out. No more 99% of me. You have all of me. So I started waking up in the morning and saying, okay, God, my life is not my own. To you, I belong. I give myself to you. What do you want me to do today? And then I would listen. And sometimes it was simple things like, Lord, how do you want me to order my errands today? How do you want me to, to manage? And is there anybody you want me to call? And just little things. But what that did is that started causing me to die every day to a little bit more of my flesh and to be more and more surrendered to him. And that cleared the airways for me to be able to hear clearly from him. 
And then the third truth is listen and then take the step. Listen on the inside for his voice. And then put some action to it. Faith without works is dead. This makes me think of the movie. It's an old, old movie called Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. I remember watching it as a child, so this would have come out the late 80s, maybe early 90s. Probably late 80s, I'm guessing. And there is a scene in the movie, if you're not familiar with it, where the main character, Indiana, was following a map to get to... Um, a special cup that he was trying to find, a treasure he was out to find. And so he gets to a point in his journey where he's already come overcome several hurdles and he comes to this huge canyon or this huge like chasm where he couldn't cross it. There was no path. It was just this huge, um, just a huge basically hole in the ground. And he, he could see the doorway on the other side of the wall. But if he took a step, he was going to fall to his death. But in the book where he had been reading, um, to, in his treasure map book, it showed an image of a man walking on air. And he decided to step out in faith, take the step of faith, and step out where he didn't even see ground. And believe what the book said, that he would walk on air and get to the other side and not fall to his death. The moment Indiana Jones took the step, he, something caught his foot. There was ground underneath him that he had not been able to see before. It was an optical illusion. Previously, when he looked down, he couldn't see the stones that were there to hold him up. It was only once he went all the way across in faith that he was able to turn around and see the stones because he was looking from a different perspective. That's what it often feels like when you're beginning to tune your voice or tune your your dial to hear the voice of God is that sometimes you just have to take a step and you don't know if there's going to be ground to catch you or not, but you can do it. Start doing it with the little things. Start doing it with the prayer of saying, Lord, lead me today. Show me what to do today. Um, I started learning to hear the voice of God in Walmart parking lot where I would say, Lord, show me where to park, help me park. And you know, some of you may think that that's just maybe sacrilegious or that's such a little dumb thing. Why would I bother God with things like that? Well, let me tell you, God must have not been offended because he sure did take me up on that. He was just so grateful, just like a parent is when you see a child learning to walk. He was so grateful to see my effort. He met me where I was at. It was like spiritual training wheels. He said, okay, if you want to hear my voice and learn to to follow me in this small way, let's do it. And he started leading me and helping me find the best parking spots. And what that did is that started growing my faith and my ability to hear from God all along that I just had doubted myself. And then as I started listening with those little things, it made it so much easier to hear for the bigger and bigger and bigger things because I knew I was hearing his voice. And it's important to remember that as you're stepping out and as there's that fear of, well, what if it, this is me? You're not big enough to mess it up. You're not big enough. If your heart is to obey the Lord and you're stepping out in faith, believing that you're trying, that you're pleasing the Lord, God is big enough to fix anything that you can mess up. So by default, if those are the three things that help you turn your dial to hear his frequency, first one, believing that you can hear. And then you speak scriptures concerning that. The second one, live in a life surrendered. And the third one, listen and then take a step, believing that you've heard from God. By default, the opposite of those things is like static 
on your radio dial, on your radio frequency. So when you do the opposite of those things, let's say the first one, the opposite of believing that you can hear from God and then speaking scripture, the opposite would be believing that you just can't hear, that that's just for other people, that's not for you, and that you're constantly saying, I just can't hear from God, I just can't hear from God, when you've got a big decision coming up and just saying, I'm just not hearing him, I'm just not hearing him, you're building your faith in the wrong direction, really you're building your fear, and you're creating static The second one is when you live your life for yourself instead of living a life surrendered. It's static. The Bible talks about in 1 Timothy 4.2 and again in Romans chapter 2.15 about your conscience and about how your conscience will bear witness. It's like it'll just, you'll be settled and you'll sense that something is right um, when you're being led of him. But that you can sear your conscience when you're doing things your own way. Searing it as in making making yourself numb to the feeling, much like if you burned your finger and, and you made those nerve endings, you burned them so they're a little numb and not able to feel and sense. When you override your spirit, when the Lord prompts you on something and you override it and you get into sin, um, let's say he's, he's telling you to not do something because you know it's sin, you know it's wrong, and you do it anyway. You're searing your conscience, and you're making it harder to hear the next time. That is why God hates sin is because it separates us from him. That's why he hates it, and it destroys our lives. So it talks about how your conscience can be seared when you're living your life for yourself. But it's as simple as a heart pivot. To get right back in line with hearing God, pivoting your heart to that place of surrender again, repenting for your sin of doing life your own way and saying, okay, Lord, speak, I'm listening. And the third thing to create static is that when you hear his voice and you feel like you're being led in an area that you then just say, oh, that's just me. And you never step out. Faith without works is dead and you're never going to be able to. To build your faith and your ability that, yes, you do, do hear from God if you don't start taking some steps. So how does all of this play into freedom? Because if you've hung around here at any amount of time, you know that one of my favorite things to talk about is freedom. How does this play into it? Because as you are walking your journey of freedom, freedom from things of your past that are holding you back from your future, it is imperative that you hear the voice of God because you have to be able to hear the GPS to get out of a lost place. Or you have to be able to know where to go when you've never gone there before. You know, this place called freedom is a place that many, many listening today have never been. They've been bound for so long. You've been bound for so long in a certain area, in the the emotional realm or in your mental realm or maybe in relationships or being stuck in areas of your life. And you're stuck and you don't quite know how to get out. The number one way you will get out is learning to hear his voice for yourself so he can be like that GPS and lead you on to freedom leading you into all things, him being your shepherd, leading his sheep, and you no longer listening to the voice of a stranger, the enemy himself. Thank you for joining me today. Looking forward to being here with you again next week as we continue to learn that being his means being free.